0: Alas, what a pity, what shamelessness it is that on the one hand these people admit that a calamity can be warded off by charity, almsgiving, and prayer, etc., while on the other, they insist that a calamity of which a messenger is told, that it will befall such and such a people or person, that calamity cannot be warded off at all by charity, alms-giving, or repentance, and seeking forgiveness. It is strange how their intelligence becomes so veiled that it permits them to combine such contradictions in their statements. They say that a calamity can be warded off through penitence and seeking forgiveness, but they simultaneously claim that it cannot be warded off. And then, even though God had informed me through his revelation that Atham had certainly recanted, and the signs of this had already appeared in the shape of his words, these people still do not desist from mischief, Is this their righteousness? At the very least, why did they not hold their tongues? Footnote start. Those who do not fear God raise such objections, arguing along the lines of which even the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, would come under their criticism. For instance, some foolish people say that certain members of the Ahmadiyya Jamaat also died of the plague. Among such objectors is Dr. Abdul Hakim Khan. He writes rather gleefully that such and such Ahmadis who belong to Sonar died of the plague. In reply to such bigots, I say that the case of some persons from our Jama'at dying of the plague is like the case of some companions, may Allah be pleased with them, of the Holy Prophet being martyred in the wars of Islam. It is established on the basis of Quranic texts that the wars of early Islam were by way of chastisement descending upon the disbelievers alone, as Allah the Exalted says in the Holy Qur'an, If I so wish, I would rain punishment on them from on high, or raise punishment for them from the earth, or let them taste wars with one another. But nevertheless, the fact remains that the companions of the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, continued to be martyred during those battles. But the end result of it was that the number of the disbelievers continued to fall, and that of the Muslims continued to rise. And for the Muslims... Those wars proved to be a great blessing and they uprooted the disbelievers. In the same vein, I claim with full confidence and emphasis that if one person of our Jamaat dies of the plague, 100 or even more enter into our Jamaat in his place. This plague continues to increase the number of our Jamaat and continues to decimate our opponents. Each month, at least 500 and at times 1,000 to 2,000 new persons enter the fold of the Jamaat on account of the plague. Thus, the plague is a boon for us, but a bane and a chastisement for our opponents. I am sure that if the plague continues to remain rampant, as it is now for another 10 to 15 years, the entire country will be filled with the Ahmadiyya Jamaat. It is an established fact that the plague continues to increase the numbers of our Jamaat and decrease those of our opponents. And if someone can prove otherwise, I solemnly declare under oath to God that I shall pay 1,000 rupees in cash to such a person. Is there anyone to challenge this offer and collect the reward from me? What a pity that these opponents have become so blind. They fail to realize that the plague is our friend, but it is their enemy. The amount of progress we have made in the last three to four years with the help of the plague would not have been possible even in 50 years otherwise. Hence, blessed... Be the God who sent the plague into the world so that with its help we should grow and prosper and our opponents should be made to vanish and disappear. This is why God informed me through revelation, long before the actual incidence of the plague, that the plague would break out in the world and that our opponents would continue to be decimated by it and that our numbers would be bolstered up with its help. Hence, who could be more blind than the one who cites the death of a few Ahmadis by plague yet remains oblivious to the many hundreds of thousands whom the plague has caused to enter into the fold of our Jamaat, and continues to cause daily entry into our Jamaat. Hence, blessed is this plague that is causing our numbers to increase while causing the numbers of our enemies to decrease. Indeed, no one belonging to our Jamaat has really been lost on account of the plague, for each lost one has been replaced by one hundred or even more. Footnote end. So may I ask, had this episode been attributed to the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and had he declared on the basis of revelation that a particular person was deemed to be worthy of receiving chastisement, but had secretly stopped committing his impertinence, would these people have accepted these remarks of the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, or would they have rejected his statement? And in case of rejecting his statement, would they, in the sight of Allah, have become deserving of punishment or not. Thus, given that God Almighty had already affixed the precondition for Atham and had informed me through his revelation that Atham had ceased to persist in his mischief and insolence, the demand of piety was to completely abandon this discussion, employ goodly and positive thinking, and reflect in their hearts that this may well be the right thing. Furthermore, not only was I informed by revelation from God, but Atham on his part had also shown the corroborative signs that I have just written. Therefore, every righteous person was under obligation not to venture into this and to fear God. As for the case of Ahmed Berg's son-in-law, it had already been pointed out a number of times that the prophecy consisted of two branches— the first branch had to do with the death of Ahmed Bahr, and the second branch had to do with the death of his son-in-law. Moreover, the prophecy was conditional. As a result, Ahmed Bahr died within the prescribed time frame on account of his failure to fulfill the condition. But his son-in-law and his other relatives fulfilled the prescribed condition and received the consequent benefits. It was but natural that the death of Ahmed Bagh would have aroused fear in the hearts of his relatives, for they too were part of the prophecy. When one of the two parties died, it was necessary due to human nature that the person who was the second target of this prophecy, as well as his relatives, should become fearful of their own death. This was just as if two people share the same food and one of them dies of it, the other would begin to apprehend his own death too. Thus, Ahmed Bergh's death caused his son-in-law and the other relatives to have such fear that they became as though they too had already died. The end result was that the elders of the family who were the original cause of this episode entered into my bed. The fact that the revelation also stipulated that this woman's matrimonial rites had been announced with me in heaven is indeed correct. But as we have already stated, for his marriage that had been announced in the heavens to take place, There was a condition that had been imposed by God, which had been announced simultaneously, and it is as follows. O woman, repent, repent, for mischief is pursuing you. Thus, when these people fulfilled the condition, the marriage was annulled or delayed. Do you not know that Allah effaces what he wills and establishes what he wills? Whether the marriage was solemnized in heaven or the Arsh, the divine throne, the entire process was conditional. This should be pondered over after shedding satanic doubts. Was the prophecy of Yunus, Jonah, any different from this conditional marriage, in which it had been announced that it had been decreed in heaven that these people would be visited by chastisement before the lapse of forty days? But this chastisement never came, despite the fact that the prophecy had mentioned no condition. Thus, for God who had annulled such a definitive decree of his own, would it be difficult to annul or delay this marriage? In short, these shameless people do not think when they make such objections that all prophets would be exposed to such criticisms. Even the number of the obligatory prayers was first fixed to be fifty, but it was then reduced to five. Study the Torah, and see that hundreds of the chastisements stipulated by God were cancelled at, were cancelled at the intercession of Hazrat Musa. Also, the punishment that had been written down in the heavens for the people of Yunus was cancelled as a result of their repentance, and an entire populace was saved from that chastisement. Instead, Hazrat Yunus himself fell into a great trial. For he was overcome with the impression that the prophecy was unconditional, and that God's will to punish was irrevocable. What a pity that these people learn no lesson from Eunice's episode, as Eunice, despite being a prophet, suffered so deeply simply because he wondered how the definitive will of God had been held back, and how God saved the lives of a hundred thousand people because of their repentance paying no attention to what Yunus thought about it. How ignorant are those people who believe that God cannot change His will or, in other words, avert the fulfillment of a prophecy, portending chastisement. For my part, I believe that He can avert such punishments and has always been warding off chastisement and indeed will always continue to do so. I do not believe in such a God who is unable to ward off a promised calamity in response to penitence and seeking forgiveness, and who cannot change his will in response to humble seekers of forgiveness. Indeed he will continue doing so forever and always. It is on record in the earlier heavenly scriptures that there was a king who had been left with only fifteen days of his life. God changed the fifteen remaining days of life into fifteen years in response to his cries and humble supplications. This indeed has been my own personal experience, that even a frightening prophecy can be staved off by prayer. Thus, if the imaginary God of these people does not have this power, I do not believe in Him. I believe in that God whose attribute has been written down in the Holy Qur'an as being. Do you not know that Allah has the power to do all that He wills? Surah Al-Baqarah, Chapter 2, Verse 107 of the Holy Qur'an. All Prophets agree that prophecies of warning can be averted, and insofar as the prophecies containing the promises of God, the Holy Qur'an says, Surely Allah breaks not His promise. Surah Al-Imran, Chapter 3, Verse 10 of the Holy Qur'an It is part of our faith to believe that God does not go back on His promise, which is consistent with His knowledge, However, if a person takes a certain thing to be a promise of God out of his own error, as was done by Hazanu, Noah, breach of such a promise would be allowed, for in reality it was never promised by God in the first place. Rather, it had been declared to be a promise of God through human error. It is about this that Sayyid Abdul Qadir Jalani says, meaning that, sometimes God makes a promise but does not fulfill it. This statement only means that there are a number of subtle conditions attached to a promise, and God is not under any obligation to reveal all those conditions. Footnote start. This is an age-old practice of Allah vis-a-vis prophecies that they contain some parts that are interpretable or metaphorical and others that are very clear. And sometimes some prophecies are purely of an interpretable or metaphorical nature and an ignorant person rejects it only keeping in view that the interpretable or metaphorical part. So if a prophecy that is metaphorical in nature is not fulfilled in accordance with the recipient's interpretation, it should not be said to have been proven false. We should rather say that there was an error of judgment on the part of the recipient of the revelation. The hadith, quote, it occurred to me, quote, and testifies to this. This reference is to a dream of the Holy Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, in which he saw migration to a verdant city, and it occurred to him that it was Yamama or Hajar, but it turned out to be Medina. However, this is also true that the prophecies granted to the elect of God use very little figurative language and use far more plain and clear speech. But still, metaphors too are always there so that God may distinguish the righteous from the unrighteous. Indeed, the elect of God are recognized by a profusion of clear signs. It is not that their prophecies are totally free from metaphors. Footnote end. On such an occasion, a novice is likely to stumble and disbelieve, but the perfect person admits his lack of knowledge. This is why during the Battle of Badr, Despite the fact that there was the promise of victory, the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, kept supplicating most tearfully and prayed to God thusly, God, my Lord, if you let this party perish, no one will worship you on earth. The Holy Prophet did so because he was afraid that there might possibly be certain hidden conditions, precedent, attached to the fulfillment of the divine promise that might remain unfulfilled. The one who excels in cognition exceeds all in the fear of God. Another objection raised by Babu was that I had prophesied the birth of a boy, but a girl was born instead. However, he knows that the girl was as good as non-existent, for she died soon thereafter. After this, a boy died as well, but after this, God gave me four sons, one after the other, who are still alive, through His grace and mercy." Hence, in terms of knowledge of God, the prophecy cannot apply to the child who died, for he is as good as non-existent in the knowledge of God. This prophecy was about a male child who was destined to live. There is no revelation of God that says that the boy who will live long would be born from the first pregnancy. And if this is a criticism of some interpretive statement, Then to raise objections against it is the pastime of those who consider a prophet's own personal judgment to be infallible. It is indeed surprising how these people manufacture an objection based on their own concoction. The fact of the matter is that once a person considers lying permissible, his shame and fear of God also suffer decline. The reader should remember that I had never published any such prophecy, the revealed words of which specify that the boy would be born from the present pregnancy. As for Ijtihad, interpretive judgment, I personally believe that no prophet came to the world who never committed any error in interpretive judgment. So when even the best of the prophets وسلم, could not avoid an error of judgment, for instance, the journey to Hudaybah was an error of judgment, as was the intended migration to Yamama. Why raise objections regarding others? A prophet can, therefore, err in his judgment, but the revelation of God contains no such error. Of course, a prophet can sometimes misunderstand what is outside the purview of the imperatives of the Sharia. For instance, the prophet Malachi could not understand that the descent of Ilyas, Elijah from heaven could not only be metaphorical in sense and not literal, nor could any Israelite prophet realize that the last of the prophets, sallallahu alaihi would be from the house of Ismail. Ismail. It was also an error of judgment on the part of Hazrat Isa Jesus to consider himself a king. Even clothes were sold to purchase weapons. Judas Iscariot was promised a heavenly throne. Moreover, a strong promise was made to return from heaven in that very age. In the end, all these prophecies turned out to be false. Errors of judgment, therefore, are shared by all prophets without any exception, so why allow such an issue to be the basis of objection? Surely, it would be unworthy of a righteous person. God Almighty has allowed prophets to be subject to errors of judgment lest they come to be regarded as deities, but it does not at all detract from their perfect authenticity because their truth is established through means of the abundance of miracles. The true prophets of God can never resemble Muselma the liar or other impostors, due to the mere error of judgment on their part about a prophecy because within them lies such a profusion of the light of truth blessings, miracles, and the succor of God, that the sharp edge of their truth smashes the opponent into pieces, and the thousands of signs shown by them are like the rushing waters of a mighty river. If someone were to object, where are the miracles you speak of? I would not merely reply that of course I can show them, but I would also, by the grace of God, declare that God has shown so many miracles in order to Prove the truth of my claim that few are the prophets who have shown so many miracles. The truth is that he has caused a river of miracles to flow, and with the sole exception of our holy prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, it is impossible to find categorical evidence of so many miracles being shown by any of the past prophets, may peace be upon them. For his part, God has incontrovertibly established the point. It is now up to the people to accept it or not. These are those objections raised by my opponents which Babu Ilahi Baksh has repeatedly mentioned in his book Asai Musa, believing it to be an act worthy of great reward by the Almighty, the reality of which must have been manifested upon him after his death. However, for the benefit of the general public, I hereby set down that the objections raised by my opponents are only of three kinds. First, the sheer fabrications and lies that they have leveled against me without any fear of the wrath of God Almighty. They have flaunted these allegations with the greatest degree of mischief and audacity, saying that a certain prophecy which was about such and such a person had not been fulfilled, whereas the prophecy which they say concerned that person had nothing to do with that person at all. For instance, they attribute the prophecy he is a dog and he will die according to the value of the letters in the word kalb, dog, which amounts to 52, to Malvi Muhammad Hussain on their own. So in answer to that, what can I say other than the curse of Allah be upon the liars? Secondly, the objection relates to a prophecy that actually does pertain to a person, but it was a prophecy that contained warning of a chastisement and has either been fulfilled in accordance with its condition, or shall be fulfilled at some time in the future. Third type of objections relates to matters which consisted of interpretive judgment, but the critics first accorded them the status of the word of God, and then later claimed that the prophecy was not fulfilled. This being the case, it is evident that no prophet can remain safe from their verbal attacks. I have repeatedly announced that even if all my opponents from the East and the West jointly try, they cannot raise any objection against me, which was not earlier raised against one or the other of the past prophets. They always face humiliation because of their connivances, and yet they do not discard them. On the other hand, God Almighty is showing so many signs in my favor, that if they had been shown in the days of Nu, those people would not have drowned. But to whom can I compare such people? They are like the inherently stubborn person who, even upon seeing a bright sunny day, insists that it is night, not day. God Almighty warned them of the plague beforehand, saying, Diseases will spread and lives will be lost. But they paid no heed to this sign. Then God warned them of an extraordinary earthquake destined to hit this country on April 4, 1905. It did, of course, occur, resulting in hundreds of deaths, These people similarly did not care in the least for this sign. Then God warned that yet another earthquake would occur in the spring. It also came, but these people ignored it as well. Then God warned of a ball of fire, which duly appeared on March 31st, 1907, and its peculiar shape was witnessed for nearly 1,000 miles. Still, these people learned no lesson from it. Then God forewarned that it would rain heavily in the season of spring, and there would be heavy snow and hailstorms accompanied by intense cold, but no one even cared to raise an eye towards this mighty sign. Then God forewarned of another earthquake to take place during this same March of 1907, and this did hit with great force in parts of Peshawar and Dera Ismail Khan, but they also treated this as null and void. Similarly, God warned of major earthquakes in other parts of the world. All these prophecies were fulfilled, but these people did not learn any lesson of righteousness from them. If indeed these signs are from God Almighty and are in support of an appointee of His, He will not relent until He causes their necks to bow in humble submission and acceptance before Him. However, if they are not from God Almighty, then these people will triumph. Then on page 78 of this book, Babu Ilahi Bash quotes the following revelation of his and interprets it on his own in the same place as follows. It seems that the signs which the God of honor and glory has ordained for me shall never be equaled by the jamaat of Mirza Sahib. Now every fair-minded person can understand that hundreds of signs have already appeared on this side, but where are Babu Sahib's supposed signs? Perhaps in his sight, his death by the plague is indeed a sign. Then on page 83 of Asai Musa, he writes, When Mirza Sahib insisted that I must display signs, I received the following revelation, meaning that These people desire to extinguish the light of God with the breath of their mouths, but God will not leave it alone until he helps fulfill it. He who desires ill for others shall suffer harm himself. Now can anyone tell me about the light which was taken to perfection by Mia Ilahi Baksh? However, the revelation of Babu Sahib that he who desires ill for others shall suffer harm himself has been clearly fulfilled because he desired my death by plague and it was on this account that he had published the revelation. So in the end, he himself died of the plague. Babu's friends should pause and think here. Are these indeed the revelations that he was supposed to remain alive to see the fulfillment of?